0: is Nathan Hirsch. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And we have a special guest today. His name is Nathan Hirsch. Uh, We're going to be finding out about his company called Freed Up. But before we do, uh, we want to welcome back a co-host, uh, Scott Patton and uh, me and Scott started this podcast way back in the day and we were already up to 60 plus interviews and Scott's been on a little bit of a hiatus because he's been traveling around uh, England and now he's back uh, settled down uh, grinding away as a digital nomad so uh, to start off with why didn't you give us a quick update about your travels and then we'll get our guest onto the show Scott.
1: All right. Thank you, Ricky. Well, like you said, I've been around Southern England. I went, spent three days in London and then I spent a few days in Oxford and Cambridge. Felt very, very smart while I was there. Beautiful, beautiful old cities. And then I went down to Brighton, which is right on the English Channel, and drove up and down the coast to uh, to Kent and uh, saw Leeds Castle. And there's a lot of castles, a lot of palaces, and we saw the place where uh, Winston Churchill was born I didn't realize he was almost royalty but he was born in the largest non-royalty palace in England uh, it's spectacular it's just amazing how big some of these places are uh, and full of just uh, like <laughs> this one room has a carpet in it that is worth three million dollars so you're not allowed when you're visiting the Duke to uh, to take port or red wine into that room because They'll kill you if you drop anything on the carpet. Wow. Uh, so now I'm in Mold- Moldova, which is just north of Romania, which is just north of Greece. Uh, beautiful here. It's nice and sunny. It's warm. I'm very, very excited because I am in a co working space called iHub. And the internet is like 80 megs up and 80 megs down. They have a a room here for Skype calls and stuff. So I have some privacy. I can make as much noise as I want without disturbing everybody. So uh, it gets two thumbs up. IHUB, thank you very much.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to have you back. Uh, it's not the same without my tag team partner on these podcasts. So, looking forward to having you back on the uh, uh, next few episodes. Uh, so yes. today we have our guest uh, Nathan Hirsch, and he's uh, started a company called Free Up, and it's actually spelled with three E's. Uh, so we're going to be finding about that, the three E's in uh, the company, and a little bit about himself. So uh, Nathan's actually in Orlando, Florida, uh, so the Disneyland, uh, you know, the um, Epcot Studios uh, of the world. Um, so uh, we want to find out a little hey,
1: bit Where about are you? Where are you, oh, Ricky? Did you say? Sorry.
0: Um, I kind of get so excited about a guest and a co-host that I forgot to talk about myself. <laughs> I'm actually in Port of Spain, Trinidad, and Tobago in the midst of a big storm. Uh, so we've been trapped indoor in our hotel for the last few days because everything's been closed. Hotels, restaurants, shops, schools, Uh, even the airport got shut down because of the big storm here. Uh, All flights into and out of Trinidad have been um, delayed for two days. Uh, So it's pretty scary. I've never been stuck on an island when everything's closed uh, because I'm actually from uh, a city, uh, Vancouver, BC, Canada. Uh, But we're currently traveling and it was quite the adventure uh, being uh, locked in there while there was a storm uh, with winds Uh, almost up to 100 uh, kilometers an hour. So pretty scary out there. Um, You know, even rooftops were actually literally blown away. Um, uh, So it was quite the adventure, so to speak. Uh, We're safe, uh, thanks God. And uh, now we're actually able to sightsee and enjoy a little bit of Trinidad rather than being uh, cooped up here in a guest house. Um, So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about uh, where I am. Um, uh, So Nathan's over there in Orlando, and he has a company called Free Up. Uh, F-R-E-E-E, up. <laughs> so I love I love the little play on words it's a way to differentiate yourself as a, a entrepreneur when you have a little uh, play on words or a little e here and there uh, so I want to ask uh, Nathan a little bit more about himself and about his travels and uh, then we'll get um, you know Scott and me to tag team the rest of the questions so go ahead and introduce yourself to, to the listeners and viewers today.
2: First of all, thanks for having me. Um, second, I'm very jealous. You guys are traveling to some awesome places. Um, I actually just got back from Mexico a few days ago. So um, I'm, I'm kind of settling right back in from my travels. And it's kind of cool talking to people in different parts of the world, which is kind of what I do all day anyway. Um, But so I started my first company when I was in college. I I was a broke college kid looking for extra beer money. Um, I got mad at the school bookstore because I thought they were ripping me off. Um, I was paying hundreds of dollars for textbooks only to sell them back for pennies on the dollar. So I was like, all right, I can cut them off. I can start my own bookstore business. And before I knew it, I had lines out the door of people trying to sell me their textbooks. So um, the school obviously didn't like that and I knew that I couldn't sell textbooks forever. So what I want to do is come up with a way that not only gave me freedom um, but also allowed me to not have to carry around anything or hold inventory because I was a college student that wasn't realistic. So I came up with dropshipping years before I knew what dropshipping actually was. The concept that I would sell a product that I didn't actually have buy it from vendors all over the world, all over the US. I could be anywhere and I simply received the orders, get the vendor to ship it from their their warehouse to the customer and handle the customer service emails. So it it was a company that could completely be remote. And so I ended up growing that. Before I knew it, I was running a multi-million dollar business out of my college dorm room. Um, And from there, I graduated. I ended up opening up an office, which was a big mistake because I just added overhead to um, a business that required no overhead. And I quickly went back to remote. And you guys know the benefits of being remote. And what I quickly realized from there is just the hassle of hiring. I mean, if I wanted to hire someone, it could take me two to three weeks. And then even after that, who knows if they're even going to work out. And if I invest training into them and one day they quit, I'm right back where I started. So I really wanted a better solution because I was hiring hundreds and hundreds of people, and it was just taking up way too much time, and it wasn't something I enjoyed. So I came up with FreeUp, which does it differently. Instead of being a marketplace like Upwork and Monster, where you post a job, get 100 applicants, interview them one by one, um, like I was doing, instead, we get hundreds of applicants every week to get into our network. We pre-vet them. We interview them. We have a great interview process based on my eight years of hiring, and then we take the top 1%. We add them to our network and we make them available to our clients on a first come, first serve basis. So our clients love it because they get access to workers quickly. Um and on the back end, we're insurance against turnover. I mentioned how much I hate turnover. Um we cover all retraining costs and get them a new worker right away if that ever happens. So the cool thing about free up is I get, I have 500 plus workers in my network from all over the world. I just met two of them in Mexico, so I kind of have an excuse to travel and meet all these people and the same thing with my clients. I have clients in Europe and and Greece and Israel and Canada and everywhere. So it's kind of just – it's been an awesome experience that it almost gives me an excuse to travel and meet all these people while running two remote companies.
1: That's really cool, Nathan. And One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show was because – we, we, we're we all about digital nomads and one of the problems digital nomads have is
2: work. Yeah. I mean, it, it is tough. A lot of people, they want that freedom and it's tough to not only find a job, but then once you get it, you're kind of stuck right there. So I mean, w- what I've realized and what I've had a lot of freelancers do is they'll start freelancing a little bit. They'll take these part-time jobs here and there, maybe on the weekends or at night. Um, and then once they, once they realize how much they love it, They end up dropping their main job, becoming freelancers, having a variety of different clients so they're more diverse anyway if a client ends up dropping them and then they realize, hey, I can do this anywhere. Let's travel the world and enjoy life and make the most of this opportunity.
1: Cool. So, What sort of uh, job skills are in high demand in your opinion?
2: Yeah, so we offer everything from bookkeeping to digital marketing to customer service to writing, um, really anything that can get done remote. And when I started Free Up, um, it was much more uh, of Amazon focused because that was my background. But then I realized, hey, all these Amazon sellers, they need photographers, they need graphic designers, they need writers, they need people who can build their own website so they can get off of Amazon. So it kind of expanded to the point where there really isn't much I can't offer unless you need like a janitor or someone like a, a warehouse staff. We obviously don't do that. But a lot of jobs can get done remote, especially in the e-commerce industry. Um, and, and what I've also found is I get a lot of doctors and lawyers and, and dentists and people who need... Uh, real estate agents, people who need website or need support or, or need these remote workers and it's kind of expanded outside of e-commerce.
0: Awesome. Uh, uh, maybe you could share more about the website itself and uh, how it works and uh, give us a little bit of the, the logistics.
2: Yeah. So we make it really easy. It's free to sign up on the website. Um, It takes five minutes. It's a um, sign up so we have your contact information, e-signature saying you won't try to steal our workers and you'll actually pay for the work payment method on file, where billing periods are Wednesday to Tuesday. We charge you every Thursday. So it's super simple on that. You get access to your account. You can see all your workers, how much they're billing, it's automatic. And whenever you need a worker, you click request a worker right in your account, fill out some questions so we know exactly what you want. Within hours or usually even minutes, we introduce you to someone, you can meet them first, make sure that we got it right. If you like them, click the Hire button and you're good to go. Um, If for whatever reason we got it wrong, which usually we don't, you can click Request a New Worker and provide us feedback and we'll take your feedback and get you someone else. It's really that simple.
1: How many hours would a freelancer, I mean I think this is probably an impossible question to answer, but I'm just kind of curious. How many hours would a freelancer normally work during the week?
2: Yeah, I mean, I have workers that work 50 hours a week. I have some that do it part time, five, 10 hours a week. I mean, we try to avoid hiring people that can only work like five hours a week just because it's not worth it for us to interview and go through that whole process to, to not get a return later on. Um, but I mean a lot of people are in that part-time 10 to 30 hours a week. and I have plenty of people that do it full- time and they have either one client who needs a lot of hours or a variety of clients. And the cool thing is is you can adjust. if you have a 20 hour a week client and one day you're like, hey, I want to add five more hours, you, you just take on another part-time job that makes it available because when you're a client, we have no limits. You can hire people full- time, one-time projects, part- time, and, and we're trying to fill those other hours with other clients, but we can get you the workers you need
0: for those hours. Awesome, Nathan. Uh, I had a chance to look at your website before the interview. Uh, We have about uh, 60 plus uh, guests who are digital nomads on our show, and a lot of them are freelancers, so they might be a good fit for your website. Um, So uh, what are the requirements uh, for you on your side uh, to filter out uh, the freelancers? So if I wanted to send people your way, uh, how do you filter?
2: Sure. So we're not a marketplace for newbies. We're looking for people that have a lot of experience in whatever they're doing. Years, years of experience with a track record of success, people who have done freelancing before, people um, who, have ha- who have a lot of experience. Um, so that's the skill set side. The next, we're looking for people with a positive attitude. We want people who are passionate about what they do, who really enjoy doing it, who are in it for more than just a paycheck, um, and who can actually care about something more than just themselves, who actually will care about the client's business and, and treat it like it's their own. And then on the communication side, we're looking for people that have excellent communication. I mean, that's a, a no-brainer for us. I mean, we kick people out of our network very quickly. I mean, if you're traveling, if we have to chase you down, if you're not updating your clients, if you're not giving your clients constant updates about what's going on, if you don't let my internal team know on days where you can't work so that we're not just running around with our hedge cut off trying to find you, um, you're not going to stay in our network. We're going to get rid of you. And, and we have 50, 15 pages of communication guidelines that we make our workers memorize and get tested on, because that's how seriously we take communication. And that's why clients hate remote workers in the past is because of poor communication. No one wants to chase down a worker in the Philippines to get their job done.
1: Great point, great point. So what are some of the other issues that you find uh, between the, the remote workers? I think it was a great point that you made right? about, you know. Communication between the remote worker and the client is is crucial because if he's off, you know, kayaking in the Greek islands and he doesn't tell everybody that's what he's doing this day, it can cause some problems. Particularly if you have a project that you were hoping to launch while he was kayaking. So, what are some of the other issues that you that you notice that come up from time to time?
2: Yeah, and one cool thing about us is we protect our clients from that. If a worker does make a bad decision and they end up um, messing up a client or or they end up not communicating and the client is kind of stuck there in a project, obviously we're kicking the worker out of the network, but we're also going to cover the cost and get the client a new worker and make sure that project gets done so the client doesn't have to spend another three to four weeks recruiting someone to take that person's replacement. So our clients are protected on that end. Um, other updates are just letting people know when they're working. Um, the other thing is is doing a discovery phase. Let's say you have a huge project. The last thing I want is for my clients to tell a worker three sentences for this huge project, have this worker spent bill hours and hours and hours of time into it only for the client to say, Hey, you know what? That isn't exactly what I wanted because no one wins in that situation. So we, we have processes where. Hey, if you're hiring an expert, the first one to two hours is you're going over your goals, your expectations, you're letting the worker do their due diligence and their research. Um, you're going, you're showing their worker is showing you a game plan that includes hourly estimates, and you're working with them to tweak it. And only then, when the client approves it, do you get started in execution. And on top of that, the workers work on approved hours. If they work any hours without approval, written approval from the client, they, they don't count, they're not billable. So we, we want our workers to be like, hey, this project is going to take me estimate six hours. Do you approve? And if the client says yes, great, do it. And the client's like, whoa, whoa, I didn't want to spend six hours. I can't make my workers work less than they can, but
0: I'm happy to give the client other workers and other options to talk to. Sounds good, Nathan. Um, you know, right now there's a few websites uh, operating in a similar business model. Uh, the ones I can think of right now are Fancy Hands. Uh, I think that's a monthly subscription model. Uh, there's obviously Upwork, uh, one of the biggest ones for freelancers. There's Fiverr. Uh, how would you say Free Up? Um, how would you differentiate Free Up from those other ones?
2: Yeah, so Free Up is different because it's it's much more hands-on. Like I kind of said before, those are they're marketplaces. You go on if you're a client, you post a job, you get a lot of applicants, and you kind of have to do that interview process yourself. And on the worker side almost the same thing you're going on you're creating a profile and you're applying for jobs and you're competing with all these other people applying for jobs and it takes up a lot of time and as a freelancer when you factor in not only the hours that you're billing but also the hours that you're spending interviewing and getting a job and and sometimes there's multiple levels of interviews whereas us it's a fa- fast hire process our clients only get 10 to 50 minutes to talk to the workers before hiring them um, it's just a much more fast streamlined process which is what business owner owners need time is money i mean if you're a worker in our network if we're like hey do you want a job we introduce you a client you can be hired in the next hour and good to go and you know that you're not competing with all these other people out there we're we're picking that right fit for the client so we're that the faster marketplace the more efficient Um, We pre-vet workers, we interview them for the clients so they don't have to, Um, and we also protect our clients and hold our workers to incredibly high standards on the back end by enforcing these communication policies, by making sure the worker is never left out without someone to complete their project. So that's really the difference between us and the other marketplaces.
1: Nathan, are there any areas where you uh, see a lot of demand for certain skills, but uh, you're having a harder time finding finding those people? And the reason I'm saying that is, if you say, "Oh, well, you know, this this area here, Facebook ads or something," there could be a 10 or 15 people that are watching this uh, are Facebook ad ad experts. So, what are some of the areas if you're looking or you're seeing some high demand in? Yeah. So.
2: Development is huge. We're always looking for good developers. Anyone that with high-level digital marketing, like you said, is huge. I mean, my digital marketers are are book solid with work, and we're also always adding more people to the table. Um, anyone with a lot of e-commerce experience, obviously, Amazon is the biggest marketplace. So, if you have a lot of Amazon experience, if you know how to run campaigns and optimize listings, and you're up to date with recent trends, um, that's huge. There's a Great opportunity for them. I've got lots of clients that sell there. So um, those are kind of the three, the development, the people that can build Shopify stores or even code and, and, and WordPress and stuff like that. Um, or the digital marketing, the Facebook ads, the Google ads. People can do that in an extremely high level and actually make clients money. Um, and then the Amazon experts or e-commerce experts in general.
0: Um, awesome, Nathan. Um, I noticed on your website that you have two types of workers, the U.S. and the non-U.S. So I assume the U.S. means anyone in the Western world, because obviously uh, Canada, England—they're not going to charge non-U.S. prices. Um, uh, is that is that the case there with the U.S. versus non-U.S.? And tell us about the difference in the type of quality and the type of workers uh, between the two categories.
2: Sure. So U.S. We have we're about forty percent U.S., forty percent Philippines, and twenty percent scattered around the world. Um, you're right that if we do have plenty of workers from Mexico and Canada and. And Europe and they, they don't charge Filipino prices, but they're kind of they're almost a step below US, not always. It really depends on the worker. So I have plenty of, of non-US workers that make 40 bucks an hour and that's comparable to the US. So whenever clients ask me, um, should I hire US or non-US? It's really a personal preference. I have plenty of non-US workers that I would put up against any US worker. Um, but there are also clients that have never have never worked with someone outside of the US before. And there are cultural differences. There are things you have to, to take into account. So it, it's something that maybe even if the person has the same skill set. Maybe that particular client isn't comfortable with it, so it's not the right fit, so we get them a different client. So with that, I always ask clients what they're trying to do there. Um, The other side of it is finances, if the client is a startup, maybe they can't afford to hire a US person for $30 an hour and instead it's better off for them to pay seven or eight because if they hire that 30 person they're going to run out of money quick and let that person go anyway so we don't want that to happen either so it, it really depends on the person and the situation um i, I never am like oh this this person's better or this person's worse it really just depends on the situation what the client's trying to do
1: well i think you covered it pretty well um Do you have any tips for freelancers and digital nomads in terms of – I'm just trying to think of any issues or any problems that you've noticed come up over and over again between clients and digital nomads.
2: Yeah, so a lot of people that are freelancing and traveling and a lot of people that don't get into the free up network can't understand what the clients want. What they want is reliability a lot of them they don't care about when you work they care about if stuff gets done they care about if they're updated they care about if, the, if you can be honest if you can give an estimate and actually stick to it so put yourself in their shoes if you're applying for jobs if you're trying to get in the free network if you're working with a client directly any client even someone that you've worked with for years what do they want and sometimes you can even ask them and find out from them directly but a lot of people for whatever reason i haven't been able to figure this out because. It comes naturally to me, but I can tell that it doesn't for a lot of freelancers, is figuring out that fine line from having freedom as a freelancer to being able to keep some kind of stability with the client. And that's really what they're looking for, and that's where that fine balancing act comes in.
0: You know, in my travels, I've traveled to about 66 countries and there's so many cultural differences and uh, that's part of why I travel to discover those and to understand them and to uh, really um, uh, relate to people who are on the other side of the globe, so to speak. Um, So with you, obviously, um, and your clients uh, who hire remote workers, there are major cultural differences which you alluded to. Um, so uh, tell us about that. I mean what is the major culture differences and struggles uh, with the culture, the language, time zones, etc that uh, people face?
2: Sure. So I have workers that work all time zones. I have Filipinos that work Filipino time only and Filipinos that work US times and Euro times. So um, that's not as much of an issue. Um, The client can request what time zone they want and we're only going to introduce them to a worker that can work that time zone. In terms of the culture, one example that I have that that was personal for me is I have have a great AE all-star team of assistants, uh, 20 of them that do everything from Monitor my emails and Skypes and and do marketing and and do social media. So w- when I was first hiring and Chicky Ann, who runs my HR, and I've worked with her for years, when I was first hiring her, I, I talked to. I'm a very direct person. I I, I don't try, I don't offend U.S. people. I don't think now that I've heard of. Um, but I tell people how it is. I'm very like straight to the point. Like if I want something done, I'm like, A, B, C, and D, like, let's get this done. And one day she pulled me aside and she's like, like, Nate, you're being like rude to all these workers. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, like, you have to remember we're like, we're emotional, like Filipino women. Like we, we, we're not used to being talked to that way. So, and, and I was, I was like, listen, like I'm not trying to offend you. Can you give me some tips? Can you, can you give me some advice on, on how to approach that? Because, because we're all on the same team here. We all want to get the same thing out of it. And so she, she told me straight up on how to like reword things and how to talk to people differently and avoid any slang or any gray areas that could be misinterpreted. And since then, we've had a great relationship. And I kind of know how to get the most out of workers. So. Whenever I see clients shoot off these quick, like right to the point emails that can I know can be taken offensive, even though my workers are professionals, I I sometimes approach them and I'm like, "Hey, like, first of all, are you open to feedback? Um, Because who am I to tell you if you're not? Um, But if you are, like, here, here here's some suggestions that I've learned from hiring people from all around the world for the past few years. Longer than that, it's been six plus years. Time flies.
1: Well, Nathan, I know that you've got to go get your parents. They're they're flying in right now, so I want to thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Our guest today has been Nathan Hirsch. He's a serial entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. He's been selling online for over seven years and has sold well over twenty million dollars worth of products through his e-commerce business. He's now the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp. Nathan, thank you very much for joining us today.
2: Yeah, thank you. Quick note on that. So my parents did it right. They worked for years. They they saved up and now they just spend their entire retirement um, traveling the world. That's literally all they do. I live in Florida. My sister lives in Seattle. They they spend time going back and forth. They spend very little time in Massachusetts. They just go to, to Europe and Mexico and all these different countries just traveling nonstop. So I feel like they're living the dream and I'm trying to like get to that, you know?
1: <laughs> Sounds like you're well on your way.
0: Exactly. Um, We almost have to have you in it. We have to interview your parents as well about how they, they uh, uh, work and travel around the world. I know. Um, real quick thing before I go if
2: you go to freeup.com, if you mention this podcast, you get a dollar off your first worker forever. You can book a meeting with me right at the top. It's free meeting. I'd love to talk to you um, right about your company, um, what you're up to. Um, if you're a worker, you should definitely apply right on the website or email hr at freeup.com. They handle all of that. Um, and we look forward to having you in the network and and I look forward to talking to you and and thanks so much for having me on your show, you guys. Uh,
0: so do you want to quickly share about your website and, uh, the social media people want to follow you and, uh, connect more, find out more.
2: Yeah. Find me on Facebook and Twitter, the real Nate Hirsch, um, free up the free up social media pages and also the online hiring mastermind group. Um, we post a lot of good content in there about hiring and managing and, and getting the most out of your workers.
1: Thank you, Nathan. Appreciate having you on the show.
0: Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And if you are a remote worker, I highly recommend connecting with Nathan. Uh, he'll get you plugged into the system and get you some work so then you can extend your travels um, to infinity and beyond. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, make sure you leave us a rating and review. Uh, if you're watching this, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. I will catch you in the next episode. Happy travels, everyone, and uh, may your travel dreams come true as well.